On this week's episode of the Album Collection, Emily's picked a Dirk Bentley album, his sophomore one, Modern Day Drifter. So, Emily, I'm curious why you picked this one. I knew that was going to be a question, and I don't have an answer. Besides, I feel like we don't give Dirks maybe enough love all the time. He's kind of like a under-the-radar person, and you like his music, you like the singles he has, but sometimes, I don't know, we don't go any further than that. So I didn't want to do his freshman one. I thought we'd just see what the next step was. And also, I mean, his curly little hair... And he just looks so cute on like the album art. So I was like, we're going to do this one. (laughs) No, that's a good point because you think of Luke Bryan, Jason Aldean and Blake Shelton. Like those are like the three main ones, but he belongs in there as well. Yeah. Eric Church, but we won't. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. You're bound to forget some people point proven. Yeah. Um, So this album came out. I think in a very interesting time period. It came out May of 2005, and it was right... You know, music had gone through the 90s country sound, and even like the early 2000s kind of had a similar vibe that a lot of artists now always go back to and say, grew up on 90s country, but I would say mm-hmm. it's 90s in the first four or five years. Um, this at... I don't know. What did you think? This album seemed to have like kind of that nineties vibe to it in a way. Yeah. It felt more country, like it just sounding, I guess the, the overall sound of the songs and stuff was a little maybe pulled back or not as heavily produced maybe, but just different from maybe some of the stuff he's putting out in the last five to 10 years even. Yeah. So this album he only released three singles from it, which is a kind of a theme throughout all of his albums, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you got two number ones, and the other one went to number three, Certified Platinum. And uh, it followed up his debut album, which featured hits like What Was I Thinking and How Am I Doing? So we'll talk about it a little bit later, but clearly a good follow-up to the debut. Yeah. When it, when it comes to songwriters... And I think this is one thing that I myself am probably guilty of too, is not recognizing Dirks as a songwriter. Right. No, I thought the same thing. I looked through all the listings. I'm like, oh my gosh, he wrote on like most of these songs. And I, I don't know. It's just not, of course he writes songs. I mean, why would I think anything else? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Everyone else gets their cuts, you know, or, you know, cuts their teeth, so to speak by writing songs. So yeah. Dirk said too. Um, eight songs on his album, he's a writer on, and he's a co-writer with Brett Beavers. Those two are pretty tight. They've written a lot, a lot of songs together over the years. Uh, and as I mentioned, eight songs on this one. Uh, Brett Beavers, uh, some of the other Dirk's songs that he's written, Sideways, um, Come a Little Closer on this album, of course, Feel That Fire, Every Mile of Memory. 5150. And uh, he's written some other songs for artists too. Jason Aldean's Gonna Know We Were Here. Um, recently, Michael Ray's Her World or Mine. Tim McGraw's Felt Good on My Lips. Uh, mm. John Party's Up All Night. Eric Church's How About You. And uh, Toby Keith's Red Solo Cup. 
So, <laughs> which obviously started as a joke, but um, yeah, on his like Wikipedia page, uh, he said, "What's his name?" Brett. He must have like written some sort of book as well. He's like pretty accomplished, but there's like a whole section on Wikipedia where it's like with Dirks Bentley. <laughs> it's just like lists all right. the stuff that him and Dirks have done and kind of just kind of came up together. I think, well, Dirks is from Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. And then this guy was yeah. from Texas, but they kind of just met, had a musical connection and, and Dirks is like, follow me out. We're going. And <laughs> worked out well for him. I mean, yeah, no, it was, uh, you come up with a debut album that has just good success. And then this one, and you just kind of, uh, keep that going. Uh, yeah. two other songwriters I'll just mention, uh, Derek Rutten, uh, he wrote, what was I thinking? Lots, a lot of leaving left to do with Dirks. Uh, Jason Aldean's any old bar stool, mm-hmm. Eric Church's guys like me and hell on the heart. And then a couple of Blake Shelton songs, mine would be you and came here to forget. So he's another name. Um, and then Tony Martin as well. Uh, other songs he's written, uh, Just to See You Smile, You Look Good in My Shirt, and No Place That Far. So those are kind of the, the main big-name songwriters. But uh, getting back to uh, Brett Beavers, it's, it's also interesting because he also produced it, which mm-hmm. sometimes there's that overlap. He's produced five of Dirks' albums. Uh, he did, I think, the first four up until uh up on the ridge which he did not produce okay dirks brought him dirks brought him back for home and that was it he hasn't used them since he went with uh star producer ross copperman so ah uh, it'd be, you can definitely you can definitely notice kind of a that gap Switch. where yeah it's definitely mm-hmm. i mean it's dirks is still dirks but um it's just a little bit of a different sound that's really funny because when we get to like rating our albums, that makes sense now with like the change of producers. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's just Dirks's conscientious shift into maybe making different music. But I definitely noticed I like his later stuff than his earlier stuff. Yeah, I would agree. And yeah, we'll certainly touch on it. I mean, I didn't listen to all 10 or 12 songs on every album, but there is... Mm-hmm. Definitely that switch, and obviously the type of music changes too. Right. Um, he didn't. Right. He didn't go like. He didn't really come really close to going Sam Hunt, Florida Georgia Line, but it's music evolves yeah. throughout the years. Yeah, definitely. Um. All right. So I got one album review here for you. <laughs> I was wondering if there was going to be any. This is like a really random album, but yeah. So this is from All Music uh, by Stephen Thomas Earlwine. Gave it a three and a half out of five stars. So solid. All right. All right. Um, he says, there's little question that Dirk Bentley has good taste, as well as a burning desire to be part of the tradition of rough, rugged, and sensitive hard country singers. In particular, he styles himself after Merle and Waylon, two influences that were apparent on his 2003 debut but come to the forefront on a 2005 follow-up, Modern Day Drifter. Even the title of the record signals Bentley's intention to be a rambling man for the 2000s, and the music conscientiously, can't say that word, <laughs> echoes not just the past, but rambling man classics. Uh, yeah, but rambling man, rambling man classics, 
The first single, a lot of leave and left to do, is styled after Waylon's This Time and Good Man Like Me. And he mimics uh, Hank Snow's I'm Moving On. This isn't a drag on the record. If anything slows it down, it's the occasional too tasteful ballad, as well as such uh, product placement filled stabs at contemporary country. Uh, let me forward here to the end. Um, basically, he says uh, instead of being a true rambling man and forging his own direction, he follows a path that Merlin Whalen created, never stamping it with much of his own personality. This makes for some good music, of course. But it's a bit of a mixed blessing that Benley is at best when he's following the blueprint of his heroes to a T. Next time around, maybe he can draw inspiration from the spirit of his idols and put his own unmistakable personal stamp on his music instead of just crafting his record to sound like something they might have recorded. I kind of agree. You know, mm -hmm. part of the album felt like maybe he was trying too much to you know follow up the big success of the first album and didn't really know where he was going with it but i think the reason like it shocks both of us that he was a co-writer on eight of the 11 songs is they don't come across as being super personable or not personal personal where like uh, i i'm gonna probably like mention eric church a lot but like when we reviewed his album centers like me it just it sounded like him and he probably like knew off the bat, this is the music he wanted to make. And just like, I don't know, his, his lyrics were so him where this album with Dirks, it just seemed like anyone could have maybe sang it. It wasn't uh, besides the singles, which I guess, but any other song didn't feel like, Oh, that's Dirks. When you hear it, it just didn't, maybe he just hadn't found his niche yet. Yeah, that's a good point. He really, and this is a second album. He didn't really have a true identity. And you hope you, you kind of, as an artist, you have one coming out of the, at least a second album, but <clears throat> I would agree. Like there's, there's a bunch of songs on here that I'm just, I'm left wanting more. And I don't know mm -hmm. what the more is, if it's more production, uh, more actual lyrics. Cause there's a bunch of songs and this is kind of Dirk's style where they're the drawn out, mid-tempo or ballads where there's just not a ton of lyrics or right um you know it takes 30 seconds to sing a chorus and yeah 45 seconds for a verse and you get two verses and two choruses something like that um there's nothing wrong with that but i think on this one before we knew who dirks was yeah it's just a little bit of um i don't want to say emptiness but just like i was waiting for that like knockout punch that someone like right. Eric Church delivered on his debut on. Yeah, yeah. Just something was left lacking a little bit. And even the the title track, Modern Day Drifter, he wasn't he didn't write that one, which I thought was interesting that that was then the name for the whole album. I don't know. I guess when you find a catchy title, you go with it. You don't question who wrote it, but it just that part of it too also just felt like okay. I mean, that you can relate to songs you don't write, but it just felt that was not what he was going for. Yeah, no, I think he hit exactly on the on the head with that. Um, but I guess the the good thing is they nailed the singles, I would yes, argue. I um, would agree. Only released three, which, mm -hmm. yeah, you could release a fourth. I don't know which, uh, I do know which one I would have picked, but <laughs> I, th I think they were good with these three. These three are the ones that stand out. Um, yeah. So he comes out of the gate with a lot of leaving left to do in January 2005. That song peaked at number three 
It was blocked by Keith Urban's Making Memories of Us, which spent Ooh. five weeks at number one. Wow. Um, a couple of months later, in July of 2005, he releases Come a Little Closer. It peaked at number one for two weeks, got knocked off the number one spot by Joe Nichols. Tequila makes her clothes fall off for one week. Solid. And then it, and then it came back for one more week. So that's oh, three geez. weeks at number one, <laughs> which is very odd. You don't see that a lot. Like once someone right. gets knocked out of the one spot, they lose a lot of spins. Um, and then the last one, Settle for the Slowdown. That also peaked at number one, and that was released in January of 2006. So, thoughts on the singles? I forgot what a great song Settle for a Slowdown is. Yes! That's exactly <laughs> what I... Like, I'm looking at the track list, I'm like, Settle for a Slowdown. And I'm trying to think of all Dirk's songs. I'm like, it mm-hmm. went number one. It has to be, I know yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's my favorite on the album, honestly. Agreed. Agreed. I think it's mine, too. And... I'm glad they decided to release it because I think that that alone is kind of like, okay, this is who Dirk says. This is what we should come to expect from him because he crushes it. Like everything about the song is great. And that's mm-hmm. why I think maybe that's part of the reason why when I was looking for one of the albums to do, I looked at the singles and I looked at this one. I'm like, oh, well, come a little closer and settle for a slowdown. I know I like these. I'm hoping the rest of the album will be similar. And then it wasn't. <laughs> But that's, I mean, that's the beauty of doing this podcast is like do a deep dive. And right. most times we're like, wow, like there's a ton of songs. Like it was hard to choose singles. Other times it's like, <laughs> what were they doing? Like what, right. you know, I'd love, I'd love to, I'd love to, not in a disrespectful way, but like to ask Dirks and be like, you know, what was your mindset on this to, yeah. you know, pick these songs and whatnot. But, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> What the hell were you thinking with this song? Yeah. No. Wait for that to Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the three singles are very successful and kept the momentum going for Dirks, I think. Um, yeah. When it comes to the eight other songs on the album, what hidden gem or gems do you have? I feel like we're going to be on the same page with this one. I only have... Eh, mm, I, I, depends what kind of mood I'm in, I guess. So... I mean, I kind of liked the um, good man like me. I don't know. That felt just a little different. And also, I'm jumping it, but I felt like him and Brothers Osborne or could have crushed it. Literally, that's exactly what I have <laughs> on my list for Brothers Osborne. <laughs> it's, it's a very good man like me is a very 90s traditional country sound. Not even yeah. like a yeah. Garth Brooks 90s or you know, coming into right, 2000s. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's like a Clint Black. Tracy Black Lawrence, Hawk. yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So I uh, liked that one. And then, I mean, some of the other ones, this album's either like so slow and you're like self-reflecting on the slow songs or the fast songs are just a little too corny to be likable. Like, uh, did you like Cab of My Truck? It didn't feel like Dirks. He doesn't really sing about trucks. Right. I would agree. Um, my, my one hidden gem, I mean, I have a few matchmakers we'll get to, but uh, my hidden gem was down on easy street. Mm. It just, it seemed like it was mid, it wasn't necessarily a complete ballad. It wasn't this, it was, it was somewhere between a mid tempo and a ballad. I felt like, yeah. and 
you know, I, he has a lot of songs on this album about that's kind of reflecting on him being an artist and having this career that is atypical and it's hard to be in a relationship, hard to keep up with people. Like that's kind of the theme of this album. I, I got from a bunch of songs and I thought that was one of the better ones. Um, so that, that would have been my fourth single choice, but I think they did a, a good yeah. job keeping it with. I think with they the stopped at the appropriate time. I'm just mm-hmm. looking to see like when he got married. Okay. He got married in December, 2005. So, so this was, it might've been, yeah. However long they were dating, but um, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Well, maybe, you know, it's like a start of a relationship and he's trying to start his career at the same time. And well, you know, all came out yeah. in this album. As if this shit's not hard enough to begin with, and you got a right. tour across the country. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's, let's play Matchmaker. And I guess if you have some artists for songs, great. But is there an artist or two that you think would be, that just sounds like it'd be a good fit for Dirks? I don't know if it's because, like, they sang The Driver together, but I think Charles Kelly's voice Ooh. is pretty good. Or even, like, a John Party. Probably could mm-hmm. cover Dirks pretty well. Yeah. The, I agree. I didn't think of Charles Kelly until now. Or Lady, Lady A. That'd be interesting, some of their songs. Um, I thought Scotty McCreary, mm. like, has the potential. I, Scotty, I, his identity is still a work in progress as far as what, you know, he has, like, yeah. the, the fun up-tempo ones, but he's really good at those ballads where he lets his low register yeah. to shine yeah. you know people compare him to josh turner and i get that but i i feel like there's some similarities there so um back to my hidden gem down on easy street i threw his name there i threw michael ray i threw luke bryan those kind <laughs> Just of throw names. everything at it Just throw them out there uh what about matchmaker for you uh well I didn't really have anything in particular. Like I said, I thought of Charles Kelly for like the slow ballads. And then honestly, part of me just wants Luke Combs to take something like the, the domestic light and cold and just vamp it up a little bit. And then, you know, just add it to like the refrigerator door and all the other beer and drinking songs. Yes. Yeah. Domestic light and cold is, it sounds such like a 90s song. And yeah, when he recorded this mid two thousands, I don't know. If, I feel like it works better. Oddly enough, I feel like that song works better now in twenty twenty than two thousand five. Because yes. I was thinking, what's his band called? The Knights or Oh, Hot Country Knights. Yeah, I feel like they could take mm. something like that and make it even better or worse. I guess depending on if you like the kind of music they're putting yeah. out. You know, but it's, it's like the early 2000s doesn't really have a, a theme. It's like, it's not 90s. It's kind of more poppy, but it's not as poppy as it is today. And yeah. I, I don't know what we call it. I think it's tricky because the, the easy way is just to separate it by decade, right? Like, oh, that's 90s, that's right. 2000s. But yeah. clock turns I, I feel like, midnight. <laughs> right. I feel like 2004 and 2005 has way more in common with songs in 95 than songs two or three years later in 2008. Like there's, I would almost yeah. argue like nineties country is almost like a 15 year 
time period, but yeah, uh, because like when when these guys first came, like Luke and Jason and Eric, they, their first albums were very Neo, a throwback yeah. to yeah, and and so, but then if you think of the early two thousands, I think of like Rascal Flatts and even some Sarah Evans and Shania, right. how much more poppy or, or further away from nineties country it is. I don't know if Dirks just didn't know. Should I, should I push the envelope? Should I stay? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I think we'd argue he's, he's like perfected and figured out his. Yes. Sound and like what it, Definitely. what he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only other matchmaker, I mean, there's a few songs that I, I would just love to not necessarily love, but I'm always like, well, like who would I want to? And I think there's a couple that I'm like, what if we just add a female voice in with Dirks? Mm. And I don't, I don't know what female voice. I think Miranda's would be really good with his mm-hmm. Carly's potentially. Um, after that, I'm kind of like, I, I, I don't know. I'm sure plenty of them would, but I think his voice with the females, the right female would be a really cool sound to it. Well, he sings with Maddie and Tay on their album. That's true. They sound good together. And he sang, Maren Morris sang with him on, uh, which album was that? Black? I think there's a song. Oh, really? It was never released as a single, but yeah. Something about the moon. I just had his Oh, yeah. That does sound familiar. But yeah, Um, I just think, yeah, female voice would just maybe be, he sounds good with, a female voice, I think. Agreed. All right, to the metal stand we go. Yes. So we're recording this uh, Wednesday, August 12th. Yesterday, I think, was the anniversary of uh, Jonathan Lezak catching the, uh, the French in the, was it, 800 relay? I still uh, get, get, like, nervous when that. I watch, I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yes. So... <sighs> My question, or I guess my my hypothesis is, I feel like a lot of his albums, there's not one that stands out to me as like, that's the gold medal one. Like, they're all close, yes. I, at least a majority of them. So are you able to clear it up for me as far as which, which <laughs> albums should be gold, silver, bronze? Because I can't. Um, probably not. So I think I'm a little biased because... It was like his latest album, The Mountain, came out in 2018. And then like a year later, I was just... Remember this one time I suddenly liked Casey Musgraves and then I started listening to her? Yes. At the same time, I'm like, I'm going to listen to a full-length Dirks album. And I picked The Mountain. And it was so good. It was so good. So I really liked The Mountain. Um, I think just because... Is that your, is that your gold medal album? Uh, no, I think I would put Riser as my gold album. Yeah. My gold medal album. Um the mountain I'd probably put is my silver and then ugh, black is so good too. Those are my top three. Um, and that's why when you said that he went with Ross Copperman for a producer, I was like, huh, weird. Cause I mm-hmm. really like all the albums that came after that. But that helped Yeah. You? Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's tough. Like I ranked um, home number one, feel that mm. fire. Which I thought it was a really yeah. good like I like this I like the singles on that one and then Riser Black like those are my four um, 
as far as the Dirks ones, but yeah, there's definitely that shift around. Uh, let me pull it up here. Where are we? Dirks discography. Um, let's see here. Riser came out in 2014. Home came out in 2012. So like right around there, I think is where uh, mm-hmm. Riser was the first Ross Copperman album. So it was like the last two or three have been. Well, it's like he shaved his head and then he was like a brand new man and made new music. That was, I think, was it the long trip alone? I remember that music video. I know we're like not doing music videos. That's for like his head. They shave off his beautiful curls and all of a sudden he's he got this like... He shaved off his head? Well, his hair off this. his head. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking we should you. do this video for like a uh, video vault at some point, but that was for the album Long Trip Alone. I think that was the song too. Yeah, he's, like, trying to escape from, like, a Mexican prison or something. But that was, like, 2006. And then he didn't have another album in 2009. And that was Feel That Fire. And honestly, music was a lot different in 2006 than it was in 2009. So I think that's kind of where the change started. And then add a new producer on that, like, three years later. It got the Dirks we know and love today. I honestly had no idea that he shaved his head. And I'm looking at a picture of him like bald or shaved yeah weird i know and i mean it was controversial because he was known for his head of curls yeah yeah it was i remember as a so would have been what 2000 mid 2000s 10 so middle school ish and like you would have been like 13 or 14 <laughs> 2000 oh yeah shit you're right <laughs> <laughs> time just flies when you're having fun uh <laughs> But I remember I, I always was getting him and Billy Currington mixed up because yes. they had that similar, mm-hmm. like, curly, permy hair. Um, yeah, agreed. But in any regards, uh, overall thoughts on the album? I know you picked it. Didn't know you were going into it with, but... Yeah, it was nice to, like I said, be reminded of Settle for a Slowdown. We can't call it a hidden gem because it was a number one song, but it's, right. it's forgotten number one song. But other than that, I wasn't too thoroughly impressed with it overall. Yeah, it's probably not one that you're going to go out and buy a record and, you mm-hmm. know, play it start to finish. But right. they nailed the singles. That's always a good thing. Yeah. So no sophomore slump kept the momentum going. Uh, cemented his, like, place in country music. Like, he wasn't going to go away. And then... Right. The the throwback '90s sound to it, it sounds cool now, but in that time, it just it just doesn't like we talked at the beginning. Yeah. Like it doesn't didn't really seem like the Dirks we know now, and yeah. it's not anything like a drastic change. But uh, yeah, and it's it's hard to do. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. I guess that's the most important thing. Is like he. He came off the gate so hot, and then he kept it going. And that was – otherwise, it could have just been like a one-hit wonder, essentially, for him. So, yeah, but singles were good. The rest of the album was kind of up in the air. But um, it's kind of fun to see Baby Dirks. Yeah. And those uh, couple singles made him some money, and I'm sure that went into uh, his bar on Broadway. That Yeah. <laughs> Plays rap music on every other floor <laughs> except the first, but we'll save that rant for a different day. I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna just have my rant. 
well, that was Dirk Bentley, his sophomore album, Modern Day Drifter. This is the album collection. Thanks for listening. Check us out, raidsonablog.com, and subscribe, rate us, and stay tuned for upcoming episodes. <laughs>